Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Hi everyone, welcome to episode 245 of Slam Fire Radio. Today is February 22nd, 2018. I am one of your hosts, Adriel Michaud. And I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly Lynn. Where's and everyone I, else? And that's what it. Is <laughs> Supposed to be, what, four or five hosts? Like yeah. a half dozen or so. And uh, just a pair of us today, hey? Yeah, and we even got a replacement and he uh, he didn't even show up. So. Slackers. I know. Slackers. Oh, uh, well, let's just make the best show ever. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> sure <laughs> it'll be the best one ever um yeah no trevor i don't know what he's doing but i know brian he's uh, off doing the dad thing so yeah anyways yeah whatever yep <laughs> okay what we did in guns this week is brought to you by the calgary shooting center canada's premier firearms retailer this week they have odin ar barrels in 223 wild and 300 blackout with a low profile gas block for 299 so yeah. uh, price on ar barrels over there mm-hmm. uh did you want to start us off with uh, what you did in guns this week sure so i went to sfrc as i do on every saturday we went out and yeah. i know they're it, it, they're like 15 minutes away so why not go right Mm -hmm. so i went out there i met up with uh kelly kincaid who's the um coordinator for ontario for the ccfr so i i just told her i was going out because she lives quite uh, quite close to there too and so i said hey meet me at sfrc so we did hung out with her there and uh, marcy as well and i didn't actually get anything this time but uh chatted a bit with uh, the ladies and um yeah so, but on Sunday, uh, I went out to Kelly's place. So we call it the Kincaid Ranch. She has her own range there, and uh, I shot the Benelli um, and uh, did a little bit of skeet with that. That was fun. We also did uh, Battleship. Have you seen those? Uh, they're at Cabela's. They're the uh, peel and stick, but they're it's like Battleship yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. And then you shoot the boats, and if you're a crappy shot, you suck and you lose the game. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so uh, we we played that, and it was fun. It was uh, the girls against each other, and the guys were playing against each other as well. So it was lots of fun. And uh, Kevin has uh, he's been doing some stuff uh, with some sensors, the light sensors. He's building some for the PRS uh, series that uh, uh, that. Actually, we're going to be talking about it soon. I think on May 8th, we're going to have both Rick uh, Kedebeck and Andrew Don on to talk about the new PRS series that they're they're launching. The So, uh, so Kevin's been working on some stuff to do a um, for light sensors. So, because, you know, 300 meters, you don't really want to go and see if you had any hits. You'd like to see the, the, the light, because you can't really hear with a 22 as well if you've, you've hit the steel, right? So, he... Um, he built something that uh, has a sensor on it, and it'll light up if you actually hit steel. So we were testing that it works great, too. So it was lots of fun. Um, one of the things I was also doing was the... I, I know I talk about the CCFR calendars um, a lot, but uh, 
they're um, they're almost sold out of them actually. But we're going to be having some of the ladies at the Toronto Sportsman Show on March seventeenth. Uh, yeah, seventeenth and eighteenth. Uh, we have a bunch of ladies that are going to be going and that are gunny girls, and they're going to be signing calendars there. So if you do have them, bring them to the show, and they'll sign them for you. Or you can actually buy them there too, and they'll they'll. Um, They'll sign them for you because, again, you know, all the money goes towards the women's program. So we're starting to launch that as well. So we want to actually have lots of events this year. So in order to have the events, we have to actually sell those calendars. Um, yeah, what else? Um, oh, so for Maple Seed, um, we have uh, sent out some stuff to the Maple Seed instructors. So that's going really good. We're posting all of the events uh, that we have so far uh, confirmed. We've... Uh, Put them on the calendar. We haven't sent them live though, so if you're clicking on it and it's not working, it's because they're not live yet. Uh, once they go live, if you register at uh, Project Ma- or sorry, if you register at MapleSeedRifleman.com, you'll get a notification that it's live, and you can go and register there. And that's about it. So, what about you, Adriel? Oh, I did a, a few things. Uh, it's been two weeks since I've been on, so there's uh, there's a couple of things in there, I see. and I've been, uh, You've been doing a lot. Yeah, you know, some of this stuff was just, I, I should have done it a long time ago, and I just finally got around to it. So I sold the Marlin Papoose. Nothing wrong I with heard. it. I also know who you sold it to. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, sold that. Uh, I sold an AB3. Am I out of them? I don't... I'm, out of, I'm officially out of Browning AB3s. Are you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I shipped my Beretta to mm-hmm. Trevor, so mm-hmm. sold that. Uh, I think did, I sold okay. my M14. Uh, before, I think before we go back, go back yep. to the Beretta. Did he pay for it? Not yet. No. Oh. He will. Oh, okay. He will. All right. All right. <laughs> so you I know s- where he lives. <laughs> That's very <true>. far. <laughs> the M14. So you sold that, or you don't know if you maybe, sold it yet? Maybe, maybe okay. sold that one. Yeah, I've got a guy who says, "Yeah, next paycheck, he's he's going to take it." So. Uh, that's cool. Uh, I bought a crate of uh, 7.62 by 54 rimmed from uh, Lever Arms. So they have this stuff that's Chinese late mm-hmm. manufacturer, like 2000s, uh, that they're claiming is non-corrosive. They're selling it for like the corrosive price, which is very cheap all on its own. Um, right you around a, 35, 40 cents each. Yeah, you did a video of opening it, didn't you? Yes, I did a video of opening yeah. that stuff. And yeah. now I need to do a nail test on it and see if it truly is non-corrosive. If it is... It's a fantastic deal. Like right. 40-ish cents for non-corrosive 762 by 54 is incredible. So, um, Are you going to pee on it? That. <laughs> this time? So I've already done that, and uh, it doesn't work that great. Oh, okay. Uh, it's, it's not fantastic. How about um, Windex? Windex is fine. Actually, you know, pee, pee would work. It just any, any really water... Uh, water-based like something or other is fine for getting rid of the salts, uh, but then you have to follow it up with oil. You can't just pee on it and call it a day. <laughs> uh, let's see here. So I got a crate of that stuff. Um, boy, it's oh man. I, I, I don't know if it's been a while since I've opened a, a can of surplus, or if it's just this. But man, it's it stank so bad. It stank like. Uh, uh, oh, what do you call that? Uh, paint thinner. Smell like paint thinner uh, inside the packages. Just nasty. So I had to like air it out. Um, I bought a GP100. Oh, did so, you? Hmm. Yeah. See, I'm empty there. Yeah, no bullets in there. But uh, yeah, this is the, uh, it's not the six inch. It's the uh, four and a half or four and something. But 
very interesting uh, pistol. The price was good, and I just kind of wanted it, so <laughs> I bought uh, I bought one of these guys. Um, it's been a while since I've had a revolver, so I have no idea what I want to do with this thing. Uh, I just got it because it was kind of neat. So I don't know, another pistol just to like another pistol just to. Just... Hmm. I gotta sell some pistols. Like moral of the story. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I got that. Um, I've got some. Let's see. What is this? 38 wad cutter BB. What's BB for? I'm not sure what the BB is for. 148 grain. Uh, these are lead bullets. Uh, they're wad cutter. So you see that that tiny little top on, on there? Uh, that's all that's going to be sticking out of the case. So these are pretty much just going to look like the case. And, uh, and, and that's going to be it. Uh, so kind of interesting um, and convenient, I guess, uh, way of loading 38 special and cheap. Like this is this is super way of cheap, uh, cheap way of loading this stuff. Uh, I just picked up today. Uh, let's see. What else did I get? I configured uh, some practice score tablets for three gun. Um, so these were uh, Amazon Fire tablets. Super cheap. Super duper cheap ones. Um, and they work just fine. So um, practice score has an Amazon app on there. Um, and, uh, it, you, you can just install it straight onto the, onto the tablets and then you're, you're rocking and rolling. Um, I'm super gutted. I missed Dustin's uh, episode. I was listening to it and it was like, it was a real FOMO moment, uh, uh fear missing out. Cause it was like, oh man, this is <laughs> gets such a, such a good guest on. Um, he was awesome. He really was. Yeah. 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 We had a lot of people that were giving us feedback that they really enjoyed the episode as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my 1911 came back from Trevor's. Uh, is this my 1911? Parts of it are in my 1911. How's it slide? Uh, it's, got a, it's got a new slide. Um, this slide, the markings on it, I don't know if Trevor did anything on it to her or not, but uh, they're very faint. Uh, so the serial number you can read, that's on the frame there. Uh, but on the slide... It's supposed to have like a Norinco stamping and you can kind of see it, but their stamping isn't like good on the best of days and you can't see like anything <laughs> side there. So it almost makes it like a, an unbranded 1911. Still got a serial number on there. So it's still like legal and all that kind of thing. It's just, it's not super apparent that this is a Nork just by looking at it because there's no labels on it whatsoever. Yeah, it um, looks good though. Yeah, it, uh, it, it looks pretty good i just threw on these uh these g10 grips here so this material this plastic material is uh, oil resistant and it's very uh, uh checkered and sharp on there so really holds on to your hand uh, mm -hmm. i've got plus that uh, that little strip of uh, grip tape on the front there and uh a little bit of uh, checkering on the back with this uh uh mainstream housing so excellent trevor did a fantastic job on this thing uh the trigger on it is right around three pounds and there is zero creep to it he was saying like ah i don't really like it you may you're gonna have to like mess around with it and put a few hundred rounds through it i don't think so i think this is fine all by itself <laughs> so maybe he was messing with me or something because it is oh so good so good so you haven't Just had a chance to get out and fire it yet no i'm still waiting on the registration certificate but okay. uh mm. it is how are the so sights? Uh, better than the other ones. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we got a fiber optic yes, uh, front on there. Um, and then the uh, Dawson Precision rear, the blacked rear there. So it is uh, very tall and easy to see. Mm -hmm. um, the slide on it is so nice. Well, he uh, he did some smoothing work to it. And uh, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's really slide, hard to get right? this across on video. Say again? It's a new slide, right? 
it's a new slot. Well, I mean, the other one didn't have that many rounds through it. I, right. You know, I didn't but get up to a thousand. But how's, uh, how's the fit? Yes, excellent. Um, he, there's a little bit of like horizontal wiggle, but in terms of like back and forth, it's very, very smooth. smooth. Yeah, very smooth. Feels fantastic. So I'm really excited to uh, to get this thing up to the range. Uh, the uh, uh, barrel bushing on the front there is new. That's a, a Colt one and uh, very nice and tight there. Uh, the slide stop is uh, is new as well and it's quite stiff, but uh, looking forward to uh, seeing what that'll do. And uh, yeah, overall, it just feels fantastic. Uh, let's see. I got some more stuff to show here. Oh, there's a 1911. I'll, I'll go into that more in more detail when Trevor's on the show, just so we can do a little bit more there. Yeah. Uh, you can compare his against yours, right? Yeah. And we can talk a little bit Isn't about that. Isn't that nice? This finally came in. Yeah. yeah so this is so for the people on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> I got in a sling from Stacy that says Frosty on it. <laughs> and this is the standard one you get on an M1 Grand. What is it? 1903 pattern? 1911? Uh, 19 something or other know. pattern. Uh, fa- like great looking sling. Um, very nice hardware on it. It's uh, excellent. I actually, uh, I, I picked one up from Greece uh, because I didn't know when this one was coming in. So I ordered one from Greece just to have another one on hand. And it smelled, <laughs> it smelled Awful. like it, it's been sitting in a barn somewhere in mm. Greece for like the last five decades. It smells like tractor grease and that kind of thing. But uh, this thing is fantastic so i was there when she was actually doing that so i could have actually picked it up uh-huh. and delivered it to you by hand because it was a year ago on at this time right that yeah anyways yeah yeah <laughs> so i'm glad he found it and i'm glad he sent it to you but the other thing is too so uh so what i'd suggest you do is take all the hardware mm-hmm. off of it yep. uh, soak it in some uh, water with some uh, fabric softener in it and then, uh, and then give it a little bit of a wash, and it should be good to go. And just to soften it up a little just bit? Just to soften it up a little bit so that you're able to actually manipulate it when it's on the rifle. So, yeah. Mm, mm. All right. Well, I'll, uh, sense? I'll give that a shot then. Yeah. I think yeah. she did a great job. Now, she did it in red. The only thing that I would have changed on it is actually the color of the, um, the thread. I would have done it in, like, in a frosty blue. Ooh, that would have been fancy instead yeah, of this red. Here. I, I like red though. A lot yeah. of my a lot of my accessories are in red. Yep. For uh, for three gun and that kind of thing. I so. really liked yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. I got a bolt action pen from Trevor as well. Oh yeah, he sent he was, these guys here. Yeah. Yeah, kind of neat. Okay, I, like Trevor. Oh yeah, never mind. I was going to say he never sends me anything, but he bought me all kinds of Wonder Woman stuff, so I'll just be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see here i got another batch of patches and stickers out so everyone on the patreon uh should be have either have theirs in hand or have it on the way so if right. you don't get it in like two days let me know and for all you guys who i emailed who didn't send me your address send, send me your, your address, address. <laughs> send it in did you get mine uh, yeah I, i'm not sending one to you i know i i included <laughs> you because your name was in there and i, I just did that for everyone but I'm not sending anything. I would. Ju- I just <laughs> wanted the million dollars. Uh, I'll. I'll tell you what. I'll hand deliver your patch to you. Perfect. Well, actually, I got a bunch of them, so I don't really need them. But <laughs> I got some T-shirts on the way too. How about that? Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna talk so, about that probably a little later, aren't we? Yeah. 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 
Uh, oh man, I forgot. I was going to do this at the start. This is o- the only reason why I had these things out here. To- like today is episode two forty-five, so I wanted to have two forty-fives out, uh, <gasps> and that's uh, I somebody missed, asked missed us about chance. that. I missed my chance to have two forty-fives out for the episode two forty-five. <sighs> I'm so gutted. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, that's pretty much what I've been up to. I got to hit the range. First, I want to reload some of this uh, 38 special. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I want to hit the range and try out the 1911 and um, the Glock 34 and that Sam 45. Now that I've got the uh, uh, swinging link on it uh, a little bit freed up. And I guess this GP 100. I probably have to set in my AR. I got a lot of stuff to do. Yeah, yeah you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyways, I gotta, I gotta pick a three gun pistol. Okay, I've got the, I've got the Glock thirty four. I've got this nineteen eleven, and I've got that FNS. They're all, they all do the, they're all for the same activity. I don't need three of them. I remember so last year when you said you only had one pistol? Yeah, yeah. I only need one. You only yeah. need one pistol. Now it's like, what am I doing? Yeah, I need to sell some pistols. That's what I think I need to do. All right, uh, why don't we head on to upcoming events? Uh, so okay. we have the 8th Annual Podcast Charity Shoot. I think you guys covered this pretty well in the last show. Yep. Um, I think that's about it then. Your registration for a lot of the uh, major matches are, are starting to open up now. Yeah, So they are. Prairie Fire has opened up. Uh, BC Redneck 3-Guns opened up. Uh, the Chaz 3-Gun 2-Day Shoot is opened. Um, I just checked Got Your Sixes website today, and there, that hasn't been updated just yet, but uh, that should be getting updated soon. So, yep. So, uh, lots of uh, upcoming um, events. Events here. Yeah, definitely. Um, am I missing any events? Uh, no, I don't think so. So, I don't know what's going on with the Verlachi have handgun fundamentals course. Uh, has a decision been made on that, or are you guys just going to give it another little while? I think we're going to have to give it some more yeah, time. I'm pretty well, sure someone's going to come on here, and talk about so. it. Yeah. In, oh, yeah, uh, that's right. Event. So yeah. for those yeah. of you who don't know, Matthew is going to be coming on soon um, to give us an update on his life, but also to come on with uh, some people that have taken the Furlachi course as well. Right? Okay. Awesome. All right. Let's get on to some news here. Uh, and I'm just going to share my screen and just lock it to my screen so that we only see mine. And we can just kind of like comment on the uh oh on the thing. So thanks. This is the first one. <laughs> so have you seen this one? Yeah. So yeah. bump stock, he's also yeah, so this what we're looking at is actually um Trump. So this is this is this is how official communications go out these days is he's is on twittering. Twitter and- <laughs> <laughs> Somebody needs to take yeah. his Twitter account from him. Yeah. yeah. So uh, there's a couple of, there's a couple of things all baked in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, one enhanced it, it looks like enhanced background checks. Uh right. saying comprehensive but uh yeah, enhanced background checks with an emphasis on mental health, mm-hmm. uh, raising the age to 21 and ending the sale of bump stocks. Right. Um so there's three things baked in here. What are your thoughts on those three things? Uh well, he actually is raising it to 21. Um good thing, bad thing? I <laughs> You know, they can go and join the military if they're 18. They can s- smoke if they're 18. They can't drink, though. So, but they need That's to be... That's silly, though. I know. Yeah. Um, mental health. I think mental health. They should actually... They should 
it, you know, checking mental, yeah, comprehensive checks. Well, we do that, but uh, how? What exactly does that mean? Like, and bump stocks. I. Anyways, what are your thoughts? Well, okay, so um, checks with emphasis on mental health, yes, mm. but they don't really have a fantastic system for that. They've got a whole bunch no. of states with a whole bunch of legislation. Everything, um, yeah. It's it, it's a catastrophically bad system for doing this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see it working, right. uh, but like we we have it here in Canada um, with with licensing and. I don't know. It's kind of good. I don't. I don't know how many they actually decline due to mental health checks in Canada. I don't know that number, so I don't know how successful it is at weeding out uh, people with mental issues. Right. Um, raising the age to twenty-one. Okay. So statistically speaking, your late teens to very early twenties are the most risky times for someone to be in violent acts and that kind of thing. So sure. statistically, raising the age to twenty-one makes sense. Is it makes kind of sense. I don't really like it. I don't really like like bumping all these ages for, for all these things. I think the fact that, you know, the, the legal age in the U S for drinking is 21 is, is silly. And, and that law gets flaunted, uh, all the time. Um, and like you mentioned, the fact that you can go, (laughs) you can go shoot people overseas is in the army. Uh, but you can't drink or uh, buy a, a, a gun back home is uh, is, is kind of silly. <laughs> so I don't know if uh, yeah I don't know if I really agree. And then uh, bump stocks, um, okay, uh, banned bump stocks. The, then what happened? Well, there's get the cranks, and then there's the string no, no, no. and rubber bands, and there's all these other things. So just the like the act of banning bump stocks by itself is very problematic because of the uh, like it's all a wording thing. You have to either name a bunch of techniques and then wait for people to get innovative and find ways around those techniques. Right. uh, Or put some ambiguously worded thing in there and then see a whole bunch of gray area and a whole bunch of people putting in all sorts of other weird stuff. Right. I mean, you can bump Mm -hmm. fire a gun from your shoulder with nothing else. You can bump a fire from your hip with sticking a finger through a, a, a loop in your belt. It's it's not a it's not a fancy thing to do. So it just, it's, it's one of those things that's kind of tricky to uh, legislate for. Well, what is, one of the, so raising the age to 21, there's a couple of senators that were actually lobbying for that. And then the bump stocks as well. These are reactions to what's been happening uh, recently. Obviously the bump stock. Uh, I think anyways, Trump was somebody who uh, supported the second amendment and I don't know if this is actually stuff that is really supporting Second Amendment. That's all. No, not really. No. 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 So is cool. it better to have Obama back? Just asking. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm Ooh>. pr- <laughs> well, strictly speaking, uh, uh, I was uh, I was commenting. Some people on Facebook were saying like, "Oh yeah, since Trump's in, like all these gun companies are doing a lot better." And I was telling them. Actually, they aren't. A lot of them are doing nope. a lot worse. Exactly. The demand is like falling through the floor on on firearms because everyone thinks that it's okay now. Uh, I mean, uh, these uh, slide fire stocks and bump fire stocks are going to be selling for right. you know thousands of dollars now because people are going to get trying to get grandfathered in. It's, well, one of the things that might be happening is with everything that he's just talking about now is that might, people might be getting scared and prices might go up, which would be bad for us, by the way. But do you know what I mean? It, mm-hmm firearm business might start booming again. Anyways. (laughs) 
Maybe it's his the initiative you, to drive, you know. The healthier it gets. It's <laughs> yeah. such a weird thing, right? <laughs> economics. <laughs> yeah, it's got some weird economics going for it. Anyways, um, some interesting time. None of this is like in place right now. This is just like him asking Congress to do something. Right. So him twittering. Uh, he tweeted. Yeah, n- nothing may happen from this. Uh, let's see here. Frontier Firearms. Uh, they're closing their storefront. And they're just going to be going to the warehouse and selling online things. So interesting, uh, interesting way of doing it. And uh, you know what? Maybe just a sign of the times, right? Uh, I think so. I think that people, more and more people are actually going online, not going to stores, not going to storefronts, and it's cheaper for them to operate. So, yeah. 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 I would rather get like fantastic. Like I, I, I still think there's a really good place for uh, like local gun shops, but there's also a too. place for yeah. these online people who uh, really focus on uh, on those online sales. Anyways, yeah, very cool that they're being progressive there. Uh, the next one we have here is from James Wark. Just uh, chime in if you want to like take the lead on any of these, Kelly. Um, I, I uh, read a couple of these. This this was actually I didn't really agree with like most of the stuff in this article. Um, this was uh, uh, like a play-by-play of all the uh, American mass shooters right. and uh, trying to figure out if they would have been prevented by the Canadian laws. So, if you if you want to, maybe we could just touch on a couple of the uh, a, a couple of the ones that they had in here. So, blah blah blah. They're saying uh, Columbine could it have happened in Canada? They're saying likely not, uh, uh, primarily because there was uh, a, t- a Tech Nine uh, used, which you can't get up here. Right. Um, Eh, bloody bloody blah and that's it so i mean it's like yeah they wouldn't have used a tech nine but the other stuff could have been owned up here uh it's a really i i haven't had a chance to look at the article sorry working that's okay we can like Um, we can read through with with everyone else here they're so basically what they're saying is um you know someone someone sold a tech nine to minors okay that wouldn't have happened in canada you're you know licensed and and everything like that but um there's all these other firearms that they had access to as well. So, right. um, yeah, I don't know about that one. The Virginia um, Tech massacre in 2007. Yeah, they had the, this one. It says likely not for this one as well. A Walter P22 and a Glock 19. They're both available. Wouldn't be too difficult for someone to buy sufficient quantity. Then, well, there's no limit on ammunition. No, you can buy as much of that as you want. Um, showed a clear. So this is this. I think this is the the tenuous part of this. Showed a clear history history of mental illness, including. Uh, anxiety. anxiety disorder, depressive disorder, um, submitted work that contained explicit references to violence. I don't know that this stuff would even be checked on uh, on an RPAL application. No, this, I don't this think doesn't, so. Like, this I, wouldn't show up, right? No, and I don't think... I think, you know, the onus is on the person if we're reporting any of this, um, but also on the references, right? So if somebody mm-hmm. saying, well, no, you know what? No. Um, I don't think it had actually... It would show up. Uh, it's not airtight, of course. Filing a PAL is much like submitting a tax return. Oh, oh. oh there's the numbers right there. Uh, of uh, 400,000 new renewed PALs, uh, only 336 were rejected. Uh, rejected due to you know mental health issues. So maybe that's good. Maybe that's bad. I don't. I have no idea if 336 is indicative. I think 336 of, uh, is actually the total number after. I think that people have been rejected, but they had to actually. Um, Proof that they were mm. suitable candidates, maybe. I don't. Mm. So I think that might be the number that is the number that didn't actually get approved after, um, yeah. after even uh, more review. 
Yeah. Next, they've got uh, Fort Hood. Again, maybe not. Um, okay, that's you know not not here nor there. Um, Sandy Hook. He, I believe, he stole his uh, Air 15 from his mom, um, which could happen in Canada. You could, you know, right. a theft of th- a theft in the family is uh, is something that's uh, that's a thing. Now we do have uh, uh, safe storage laws here in Canada, so um, this stuff's supposed to be locked up and uh, uh, you know rendered in like safe operable yeah yeah um safe now would someone in the family have access even if they're not supposed to it's possible sure. again this is one of those like situations where like hey if your kid if <laughs> if you've got a kid that's like unhinged uh maybe like keep that key to the safe like safe or um or or, or you know sell your guns to a friend for a little bit until they're you know yeah <laughs> outside their uh you know their danger zone or something like that i just have to comment on that picture though that's just not a good picture (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's a horrible picture yeah um we get down to um uh aurora Aurora. yeah um you know similar kind of thing there they're they're talking a little bit about the uh the mental health issue um nightclub yeah yeah same kind of thing so i think like the the thing the theme is what the yeah, the theme that they're saying is, oh well, um, we've got smaller mags here in Canada, and yeah, we you know we we, we do, um, but you know a lot of this stuff, it you know I don't know that you would be able to uh, stop someone. And then the one that they're saying uh, would uh, this could have happened in Canada here is this Las Vegas one. This is the one that I think is the least likely to have happened though. So they're saying that um, he didn't show any signs of mental issues, so they they wouldn't have uh, caught him beforehand. Um, but I think this would have been unlikely just because um, we don't have bonfire stocks here and yeah. uh, our, our magazines and neutered and, and all that kind of thing. So um, while you could like uh, supposedly, you know, if, if, if you wanted to like stockpile all this stuff, you could have. But uh, a lot of the, the technology just wouldn't be necessarily like super available out here. Right. So, right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and this last this last one was a was a weird one. This cruise one uh, in Florida, um, yeah, that was really odd. I, I mean, the ball got dropped a little bit on that one, based on what I've seen in social media. Uh, yeah, so just a, a couple things just don't seem to make, seem to make a lot of sense. Like he was with a foster family, he had a crap ton of guns, and and was out of school. And it's like, why? Why is a high you know someone who's just out of high school like buying a bunch of guns and doesn't have a job and that kind of, I think mean, I mean like just someone has to just flag that out hey there maybe maybe instead of you know um buying a bunch of guns and that kind of thing you should you know get a job or go to college or you know something mm-hmm. yeah just unhealthy uh, yeah but I think he actually was in school he did just didn't go that day uh, apparently it was Valentine's Day he said he doesn't go on Valentine's Day no, um, I thought he got uh, ejected he, he, and somebody did report him as well so well, a lot of people reported him yeah. uh, someone quote, uh, told the FBI <laughs> he said hey there's this guy commenting on my YouTube channel saying he wants to do a school shooting you should probably check that out and uh, you know yeah too busy doing other things I guess Okay. To, um, to follow up with that. Anyways, uh, why don't we move on to uh, there? Did you hear about the new magazine ban in Canada? Yeah, recoil at Shoppers Drug Mart. <laughs> yeah. So the other kind of magazine. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a mag ban. Yeah. So someone tweeted Shoppers Drug Mart and said, "Oh, you guys have gun magazines there," and they're like, "We'll we'll pull all of them." And yeah. So yes. So I do know that 
there's a, there's not a lot of places you can buy gun magazines anymore. Um, mm-hmm. I know other places have stopped carrying them. Um, Shopper Drug Mart is the latest in that. Uh, say uh, there was somebody who shared their concerns about um, you know magazines being at uh, Shopper's Drug Mart that uh, have firearms on them. So they're agreeing and pulling them. Yeah, it's kind of sad. I mean, I, I remember going to like local gas stations or uh, drugstores or whatever, and, and well, you can still get and... girly magazines and brown paper bags. <laughs> <laughs> but guns are not uh, good. I'm going to give you the same answer for that as, as why I don't buy gun magazines these days. There's the internet. All right, let's keep moving on here. Um, the next one here, Gerald Stanley back in court uh, on charges that he improperly stored his guns. You didn't which... see that coming, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't just like throw that in with the, uh, uh, with the other charges. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you've got, uh, you know, your pistol in an outbuilding, you're not supposed to. They're supposed to <laughs> supposed to be in your house. So, um, you know, that's, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. You're not supposed to do that. So, you know. We are going to have some people on a little bit later. Uh, let me see. What date is he supposed to be coming on? Not guaranteed for sure. But I think March 15th, uh, uh, Dave Young's going to come on and talk about we're going to review the Stanley case a little bit, I think. Awesome. Yeah. yeah It'd so. be good to have an expert to talk about that because, uh, cause we're not experts. Mm, no, no, we're just people on the internet. Moved on. Uh, next experts. one here. <laughs> <laughs> we are internet experts. Is that what you said? Uh, no, who pretend we're experts. We play who one pretend? on TV. All right. <laughs> Sometimes on the podcasts, mm-hmm. uh, S and J announced that their barrels are going to be exclusively through True North Arms. Uh, True North Arms has a like they're um, actually really rapidly making a name for themselves in the um, kind of like value priced AR accessories and SKS accessories and that kind of thing. Decent shipping, uh, decent like pretty good service. I've bought a couple things through them. Uh, now S and J is just going to sell their barrels through them, so I think it's a good thing because. Uh, if you like, if you wanted to pre-order uh, an SLR uh, receiver set, you can do through do so through True North Arms. Now you can get a barrel at the same time. So um, there's a definite advantage if you're going to be buying online to uh, if you're if, if you're going to be like building an AR to buying more parts from one place, just because the shipping like eats you alive if you uh, if you have to get like like every little part from different places. That's what actually costs you the most right now is the shipping. Yeah. But if you can get it over whatever the place has, $200 or $300, or if they have a flat shipping fee or something like that, that's where buying more really makes sense. So, um, yeah, these are kind of neat. They got kind of like dimples all over them, and they they look real weird, (laughs) real spacey. We actually, didn't we? We we talked about that when they first came out. Hmm. I think we did. Hmm. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, GS Designs has some new products. Now, I'm, I think we missed these. These came out in January, but uh, they've got a couple of things. These, so GS Designs does all these 3D printed things. Um, they're the guys who make like the, uh, the extensions on magazines and that kind of thing for, yep. uh, for three gunning. Uh, so they've got a, a FAMI uh, 540, 543 magazine adapter. So this is something that you can use like a couple little parts here and boom, you can put AR mags in your uh, uh, SG550s. Oh, sorry, um, um, FAME uh, rifles. Yep. Uh, then they've also got an ACR stock adapter for the FAME. So if you wanted to run the uh, the UGG boot uh, uh, rifle stocks, 
Uh, you can pick one of those up. Yes, got same that. thing That's for cool. this Swiss Arms rifles. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the ACR uh, uh, stocks are really cool. They're yeah, they are. like definitely next gen. Definitely like for a folding rifle stock, folding. very good. Yep. Yeah, so uh, very cool there. And then they've also started doing the MFT uh, LAR magazine extensions. So these MFT uh, polymer mags are starting to get pretty popular. I'm starting to see them at uh, three gun matches and that kind of thing. Yep. Uh, they're just a simple like. 10 round mag, but uh, they're starting to give extensions on them so that you can actually grab them out of a magazine pouch. And uh, they've also started to uh, do couplers for them as well. So right. pretty cool. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then I, th- I think this is the last one. Uh, last one here uh, Range Rabbit is uh, is doing their uh, uh, a series poppers. of fall forward to poppers. Yeah. So, um, like here, here in Canada, if we, if we buy from um, like MGM or, or like one of the bigs out of the U.S., the shipping is atrocious. The mm-hmm. the U.S. to Canadian dollar is atrocious. So buying local in Canada is a, a big advantage for us. So it's good to see more places coming up with standards like this. Did you see what it says there on shipping? No. It says shipping across Canada is free. What? Yeah. It says shipping. Uh, so pricing starts huh. at two hundred and seventy-five dollars. Shipping across Canada is free, and all poppers are in stock. That must be the price for the minis. I wonder what the full-size hmm. ones cost. I don't know. Mm. Mm, I'd look, but I'm too lazy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Oh, uh, one more here. It's just before I get too far, uh, Western Metal has CCI pistol primers for forty-one dollars per thousand. So. For if if you rewind like three four years, primers were so hard to find. They were like really hard to find, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm I'm really happy that they're coming back in stock and uh, starting to get to a point where uh, more places have them for a reasonable price. CCIs for forty bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Well, we head on to our main topic, and welcome to the show, Haley Daniels. Haley is the Red Weasel on Instagram. She's a co-founder of Ontario 3D. She runs the archery shop and online media for Canadian Hunt Shop. And she just started a company that uh, focuses on custom bowstrings called Firewire Custom Bowstrings. Welcome to the show, Haley. Thank you so much for having me. So that's a mouthful. There's a whole bunch of stuff we just went over. Um, Why don't you tell us about uh, about some of those uh, endeavors and, and how you got into all of that? Um, there's pretty much one common denominator. That's my husband, Eric. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I am actually a plumber and a gas technician by trade. Um, we found out that we were having a child. And so, uh, we kind of had to figure something out for me to do. Um, I don't know, on a part-time basis, basically when, when my son was at home with us. So, um, I found Chester's outdoor store, um, mm-hmm. worked at a deal with the owner saying that basically I could take my, my son to work with me until he was ready to go to daycare. And from there, I guess the rest is history. I started there, um, four and a half years ago. So we, we took Lachlan to work with us for the first 14 months or so. It was, it was supposed to be a part-time job that I was supposed to go back to my trade from. And mm-hmm. we ended up turning it into a full-time job and so I'm there actually like five or six days a week now um turned a a small a small portion of the store into an actual independent store on its own so the the archery shop that used to be in inside of Cheshire's outdoor store in the gun shop is now in a separate building and I have a whole storefront to myself very cool and uh what's the uh what's the Ontario 3D 
Um, so this is a, the brainchild of my husband. Um, he's been a competitive archer in Ontario since he was 12 years old. Um, so there's, like, he's, he's traveled internationally for archery tournaments for the last 15, 15 years or so. Um, and he's basically taken every positive aspect from every tournament series and, and put it into his own efforts. Um, so a couple of years ago, we were sitting around, we were saying, like, do you think that this is something that we can do together? Do you think that we can organize tournaments and have something um, in a competitive structure that offers a fair and level playing field for all of our members that we can pay cash back into? And so everybody told us, no, we can't. It'll never work. Everybody told us nobody will ever pay you to do this. You will never make any money at it. You will never, you know, bring the crowds out. And so the first year was a bit of a struggle. We had uh, a lot of learning curves with existing clubs and existing competitive shooters in Ontario that didn't understand the structure and didn't understand the platform. Um, we turned that into a, a pretty big shooter base. So we've got a, a hundred local shooters kind of within Ontario that come to all of our tournaments. Um, and then last year we had a, a very, very good showing. We had between 130 and 150 people at most tournaments. Oh, that's and, wow. uh, a yeah. lot of them are, pardon? That's really good. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's really exploded. So even mm-hmm. like last year at our first event, we, we really couldn't believe the number of people that were there. Like we were, we were facing 70 to, to 90 shooters the year before. And the, the first day at our series in 2017, mm-hmm. um, we kind of walked out onto the shooting range and there was 150 people there. And I looked at Eric and said, what are we going to do with all these people? I'm like, we didn't understand. <laughs> we didn't really understand whether or not things were going to go smoothly or uh, whether or not we were going to be able to pull it off. But I mean, it, it rolled exactly the way that we expected it to roll. You know, everything went smoothly. All of our events were great. So what do you attribute um, to actually, it, sorry, what do you attribute to actually it going from 70 to 150, almost double? Well, it is doubling. Well, 150 yeah, would be I mean, a, a massively successful uh, uh, shooting match. Right. Never mind, like going to that in, in such a short period of time. Right. So. Yeah, and basically, it's it's our, um, I don't know, our success on the range. I guess we've we've successfully um, we've successfully um, accommodated what we've said we're we're going to accommodate. So we we pay our shooters back. We don't profit from our shooters. The the money that we collect from our shooters we actually pay 80 percent of it back so what pays our bills is money from sponsors and money from advertisers so our goal essentially is to gain recognition within the sport for our shooters it's not even so much for ourselves and the real reason why um why we we really started down this path was there was really nothing going on in ontario where people kind of could do something for themselves on a weekend. They could go partake in a competition and come away with anything significant. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you get your mug or you get your trophy or, or your medal and that's good and great, but it isn't something that could go on a shooting resume. If you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I really think that having professional recogn- recognition in the industry by coming out and competing with, you know, 10 or 15 or 20 other really, really excellent shooters has, has given a lot of, uh, a lot of people hope that they can actually do something with this rather than it just being a hobby. So we started last year 
offering contingencies and working out contingency plans with uh, major manufacturers, so like PSC Archery. Um, sorry, PSC actually we, we worked with this year. PSC didn't offer it last year, but uh, Prime Archery, Bear Archery, um, a lot of the other major archery companies like Elite all offered contingency plans. So we had people actually walking away with thousands of dollars after winning a tournament rather than walking away with a mug and a, you know, a little medal. So yeah. it's, I don't know if you can tell, but my daughter's in the room with us now. So I'm trying, <laughs> trying to keep her quiet. Hi there. <laughs> yeah. Part of being a parent, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> um, so one, one thing that, uh, that just came up recently here, Haley was, uh, this, uh, open letter to, uh, Lauren Harper. So tell us about a bit about that. Um, essentially this, the, the thing that really bothered me about all of that is with, with the movements that are so prominent in social media and in people having to have a stance against something, you know, the Me Too movement and the, the, I don't know, the anti-slavery movements and all these people that are standing up for something, somebody as visible as Laureen Harper saying something about somebody's genitals because they disagree with hunting was just so over the top. Like it, it basically embodies the, the two sided or one sidedness, I guess of, of gender stereotypes and stuff like that. Like if a man said that about a woman, Mm. because he didn't agree with a, with something that she partook in or if a, a, you know, a black woman said it about a white woman or something like that, it would be national uproar. Mm-hmm. There would be a new movement started about it. And I just could not believe that somebody like Lorraine Harper, were, like regardless of how she sees hunting or whether or not she agrees with it, her husband is or was the prime the, minister. Yeah. You know, the, the, the head honcho of the party that was supposed to be the hunter's backer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The guy that stood up for the, the hunters and the outdoor um, enthusiasts. So it was really unfortunate that she she took a public stance like that and that she had to just turn it into such a a negative thing. It, it, it really, really struck a nerve. I, I, I really don't think that it was appropriate. And um, I think the only way to combat people, and I'm, I'm still doing it to this day with other topics, is facts. It's, regardless of your opinion on something, if you're wrong, you're wrong. Well, I mean, and, and just flagging out whether it's an opinion or not, right? If she just would have said, I disagree with people hunting uh, big cats in Africa, okay, <laughs> you could disagree. Yeah, uh, But exactly. to take such That's an, an ad hominem attack and, right. uh, you know, and, and say, say guys who hunt lions have small dicks or, or whatever. I mean, people say the same thing about, I, I, don't, I don't drive a big truck, but people say the same thing about guys who big, drive big trucks. And it's like, well, that's like the worst kind of ad hominem attack because uh, it's just something you don't like. Like just like proclaiming that person is uh, uh, dumb or making up for something just because they're doing an activity you don't like is uh, it's just the worst kind of attack. Oh, for sure. And I mean, anytime I'm, I'm in, I'm a social media, I don't know, Messiah, if you will, I'm always on there. So I'm always involved in some kind of battle or another, but I mean, the, the absolute worst thing that you can do if you're trying to prove a point or you're trying to um, discuss a topic with somebody is turn it into, uh, turn yourself into a battering ram. You just don't need to insult people. You don't need to 
make yourself look like an idiot by calling people names and, and trying to belittle them. And that's the first mm-hmm. thing that she did. So right. I, yep. I do regularly, obviously being, you know, a woman in hunting in the trade and in a male dominated workforce, even in the gun shop, you deal with arguments and you deal with criticisms and stuff. But as soon as you turn it into um, an insult match, you just discredit yourself instantly. There's, there's absolutely, excuse me, there's absolutely no point in continuing an argument with somebody if you cannot back your feelings up with anything more than a knee-jerk reaction. Right. Yeah, and just throw them under the bus because you think that they're wrong and not have anything to to back it up or talk to about. Right. So what what, uh, what yeah, was in I mean, this uh, in this letter? You, you mentioned that uh, you did this open letter in response. Uh, what, what was in it, and and how did you publish it? Um, basically just statistics based, like exactly what hunting does for conservation, where the dollars go. I don't know the exact figures off the top of my head because I had to do a bunch of research to figure it out. Um, but it, it was showing, you know, where the dollars come in from, where they're put into action and how they're distributed amongst, uh, the various resources and stuff. So it's not just as a lot of anti-hunters will say, oh, you're just out there for the kill, you're just out there for the rush. It's got nothing to do with that. Look at the wild turkey population in Ontario. Uh They were reintroduced by the MNR from conservation dollars. They were put back into, and and they're thriving in Ontario because of conservation dollars. That never could have happened without hunters and conservationists. So the reason that we have a huntable population of basically anything anymore, because humans are growing exponentially, obviously, and we are taking away more and more habitat. Mm-hmm. So in order for that to be a maintainable population and us not just completely destroy them by cutting their homes down, we have to obviously look after the numbers and take care of, you know, our resources and people, people that behave in such a way that they have to, completely ignore facts just to tell you you're wrong or completely ignore the fact that it's a necessary evil based on us being here. It, you know, they're not just right because they don't like hunting that there's facts there that they have to pay attention to. And there's numbers and there's statistics and all that stuff. So without people throwing that in their face, they're probably not going to do the research on their own to look for it. Yeah. Well, I think, um, like the, the, wildlife conservation aspect of it uh, is is something that people don't pay a lot of attention to. They don't think that there's like a concerted effort and a central body that actually says, uh, you know what, we've got like way too many deer this year and you know, they're going to face uh, uh, starvation just but from having this kind of population. So we do need to thin them out and therefore we're going to engage the hunting community to help us out with this by letting out more tags or, or whatever the case might be, right? They don't realize mm-hmm, that that's sure. like the, the the hunting community is a part of conservation and are used as such. They're, they're, they're a tool for conservation. And the, the, the way that we're used is, you know, by putting out tags or, or whatever the case might be to incentivize us to, uh, you know, do the things that uh, conservation officers and, you know, central bodies need to uh, to correctly plan out uh, wildlife populations. Mm-hmm. And a, a lot of, uh, I've found, so I've had conversations that have gone both ways. I've had conversations where it really doesn't matter if you present facts or if you, you know, prove your theories or you prove what you're actually doing with statistics. They just don't care. They really don't 
want you to hunt. They don't think it's a viable um, pastime for anybody and they don't think it's necessary. In those conversations, it really doesn't matter what you do because it's not going to be swayed. Um, but I've also had really in-depth conversations with people that have actually turned the tide and realized by the end of the conversation that, um, you know, wow, maybe these people are actually not out there because they're bloodthirsty animals and they, they just want to murder something. They're out there because, you know, one, they're passionate about it. Two, they're using what they're taking. And three, it, it is necessary. A lot of mm -hmm. them don't realize that um, carrying capacity of certain properties or certain areas is higher than some other areas. So when you explain that to them, they go, oh, wow, you know. So you mean Bambi is going to starve if you don't kill a couple of them? Well, yeah, because, mm -hmm. you know, overpopulation and all that stuff is a real thing. It's not just, you know, hunters making it up so that we can go out there and murder Bambi. Yeah, exactly. That uh, that conservation. I mean, one of the other angles that uh, I find interesting that hits with some people as well is the, uh, uh, not farm to table, but <laughs> field to table. <laughs> because mm -hmm. some people who yep. want to, like, know about their food source and they don't want, like, they don't want a, a, a farm animal, like a, a factory farm animal, uh, that, that uh, idea is kind of alluring to them, right? The idea of, yeah, you know what, this thing has just been like out in the wild eating grass and <laughs> whatever else. So it's, uh, you know, super healthy for us, uh, and, uh, and super, I don't know, green. <laughs> Can I say green? Yeah. And I mean, a lot of, a lot of people, when you explain that to them too, about the steroids and the hormones and mm -hmm. everything else that's introduced to our, our farmed meat and some of the farmed meat I know doesn't get introduced to the hormones and stuff according to various industries and stuff. But uh, when you, when you break it down like that, sometimes some folks are okay with it. They, they realize that there's a, a, an actual reason why you're doing it. So I guess it really depends. Like I, like I said before, it depends on how you broach the subject. It depends on how aggressive you want to go into a conversation, I guess, yeah. whether you want it to be an argument or you want it to be an educational session. Yeah, I think you know in one of these. It might just be my 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 luck, but um, being in Alberta, I've had this conversation with a lot of people. I haven't ever had it turn south. I've usually had a, a really respectful conversation with people who are like, I don't really agree with hunting. I give them some stuff on, you know, what hunting's good for, and they're like, Oh, okay. I'm still not going to do it, but uh, I don't care if you do or not. And it's like, okay, well, that's a win. <laughs> yeah. Well yeah, yeah, and I mean, a perfect example of that is uh, my cousin. I I was asked to do an article for Ontario Must Right Tail for for uh, the story of the deer that I, I harvested this last fall. And so mm -hmm. I, I sent uh, a copy of the article for proofreading to my cousin yesterday. And I wanted her to read it because she's very, not necessarily anti-hunting, but she's always kind of been not a hunter. She's never been involved in that kind of atmosphere she's a city girl and i wanted somebody on the outside if that makes sense to read it mm -hmm. and she responded to me by saying you know before i read this i didn't realize how beautiful hunting could be and that's oh, the cool. kind of that yeah and i mean i really expected and needed that kind of reaction to come out of it in order for me to be comfortable sending it in so that to me is what i need people to gather from me telling them about my experiences i don't want them to gather that I'm out there for the thrill of it. I want them to understand how much I respect these animals and how much I actually put into caring for them. You know what I mean? Like I, I spent more time passing on animals than ever harvesting them. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, yeah, I mean the, the, um, conservation efforts are, are, um, 
such a great thing we can do. Uh, we, we could probably talk about hunting all night. <laughs> oh, but uh, um, tell us a little bit more more about. Um, so you, you got into three D archery. You've got that going out uh, in Ontario. Um, um, what's uh, Ont uh, 3D? What's uh, what's what's the actual organization there, and uh, um, how's that going? So, <clears throat> Ont 3D is the uh, organization that I spoke about earlier, where we basically pay our members for shooting tournaments. Um, mm-hmm. What we do is we organize these tournaments so that they can come out, they can be competitive, and we structure it in such a way where there's room to move up. And there's room to start out on a level play, playing field with other competitors in your same skill set. We have known yardage 3D, unknown yardage 3D. We've got a hunter's class. We've got a women's class. And actually, our women's class last year grew by like 90%. Whoa. So the year before, we had three or four women that shot it regularly. This year, we had an average of 12 women that, that competed together. And it was one of the most recognized improvements in Ontario for That's so cool. I was, I was talking with uh, with some lady three-gun shooters, and they were like, lamenting the fact that there isn't like a really strong uh, uh, three-gun uh, component of, uh, of ladies. And I think it's just you need to get that critical mass. You need to get that minimum number of people where, uh, you know, they, they've got the camaraderie going, they've got that like common mm-hmm. group that they're constantly shooting with. And then, then you've got like some, some critical mass to actually get going. For sure. And for us, it was introducing, so not last year, but the year before, this will be the 2016 series. We introduced two classes. So there was the entry, entry level women's, um, 40 yard class. And then there was the 50 yard class. And we found we were getting the same two or three people in the 50-yard class. And then there was these, this group of, you know, two or three women that were shooting really well that could absolutely compete with the others. They just didn't know they could. So it wasn't until they had the introductory um, level to enter into and realize that they had the skill set that they kind of had the ability to, to move and grow into that competitive level. So... We did have last year a number of people that um, that would have preferred to be in the lower class again. So we've given them the opportunity to do again this year. But um, like we still had, like I said, six or seven women that were all on the same kind of skill level, and I mean they did really well. Most of the people for our shoot down classes where they wanted to, because at the end of each tournament we have um, the top five competitors from each payback class in the fifty yard or the women's forty yard. Um, compete in a five-arrow shoot-down. So it, it's really exciting. There's a lot of uh, a lot of um, anxiety in the last couple arrows because it can it can make the difference between you being third place and you being fifth place, mm-hmm. or you being first place and you being third place. And we had a lot of people that weren't um, that weren't competing in the shoot-downs hang around for the last four or five hours of the tournaments just to watch the women shoot. That's cool. So it, it was really exciting for us to see that kind of growth. And uh, I think that was the biggest leap and bound for ONT3D. And even for Eric, he he raved about that all year. He couldn't believe how many women we had out. And I think he was really proud of, of being uh, kind of the trailblazer for that. Perfect. All right. Um, 
Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, Chester's and their support of the uh, community? I know that they've been doing some <coughs> draws for us as well. With Project Maple Seed and CCFR, you guys are like mm-hmm. amazing. Uh, you've been doing some draws. Like, um, I know that there's. So, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Why, are, why is Chester's supporting Outdoor sport Store, by the way? Uh, why is it uh, supporting um, our community so much? basically and i don't want to toot my own horn or anything but with me being involved in social media it's been it's been from my influence because i've seen what the ccfr is doing i've seen what maple seed is doing we're always looking to support things and we never really know who to support because you never really know the people that are behind it in the last couple of years i've really gotten to know um like ryan Hollyoke and a couple of the guys from the ccfr and it's really become to mean something for me mm-hmm. um, or mean something to me. And so um, I brought it up to Billy, who's the owner, and said, you know, I think that if we go ahead and organize these raffles and and make a donation from each one to the CCFR or to Maple Seed or, or whatever the, the group that we've decided to support with that one is, it's, it's a huge business move for us. I mean, the raffles sell out within a day. We we cover the cost of the gun, we cover the cost of the shipping, we cover the cost of the tax. Mm-hmm. So financially, for the store during even slowest times of the year, we're still moving, you know, a gun or two a week. Right. But to be able to financially support those groups, right, on top of that, I think is is a big deal for us too. And I mean, it's something that that matters to us. Obviously, if our gun rights are infringed on, then the business no longer has a platform to work under, right? Mm-hmm. So it it uh, it is very important to us that our voice is heard on a political platform, and that uh, and that people know that we're you know we're visible, we're we're behind you, and we're going to support you regardless. That's great. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, man, there's so many topics. I, th- I feel like we've just scratched the surface I here, know. but uh, <laughs> I'm I know probably. Uh, yeah, we should probably let you go because your kids are probably like crawling <laughs> up the walls there. Um, Maybe uh, just before like, we go here, uh, Haley, um, uh, let, let us know uh, or let us our listeners know where they can find you online. Um, so uh, if you've been on the Internet, I'm sure you've seen something that I posted before. Um, the Red Weasel on Instagram. I'm under if you if you look up Facebook, I'm, I'm Haley Daniels, a.k.a. the weasel on there as well. Um, anytime you message Cheshire's Outdoor Store or CanadianHutShop.com or ONT3D or Firewire Custom Bowstrings, uh, you will get me answering you. So basically, I'm everywhere. Just yell Haley in the distance <laughs> and I'll answer. <laughs> <laughs> and for those of you who can't yell Haley in the distance, we'll put the show la- put your links in the, the yeah. uh, show notes. <laughs> Beautiful. And I mean, I'm always present. Like, I... If you send me a message at any point in time, I'm happy to answer. So don't ever hesitate. If you've got something that you want uh, the store or ONC3D or myself to support, if you've got women's educational things, because I do a lot of women. Oh, that's something we didn't touch on too. Um, I run a lot of women's educational seminars for hunting and stuff. So um, if there's ever anything like that that I can be involved in. Yeah, I've I've put um, so far to date 30 kids through hunting and guns or sorry, the outdoors course and the gun safety courses <laughs> and uh, 150 different women through uh, various hunting educational things, uh, seminars for geese and ducks and turkeys. So kind of interesting. Hmm. 
we Very need to cool. have you on about that too. I know. Sure. I can. Uh, there's a couple of organizations that I run for that too. Yeah. So that can be another show if you want. All right. <laughs> I know Trevor's upset about the fact that he wasn't on to grill you about 3D archery, but maybe when you're on next time, he can do that as well. For sure. I've already chastised him about that, so I'm, I'm happy <laughs> to be back. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Thanks for coming on, Haley. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Let's head into some listener feedback. All right. Kelly, did you want to take this first one from Kin? Kin? Okay, it says, hi, Slamfire Radio. I've heard you guys talking about the MOS Red Dot pistol mount. Uh, there's a company called Outer Impact down in the U.S. selling universal pistol red dot mounts uh, that will fix fit a lot of different red dot vortex, burns, uh, trichicon, etc. They ship to Canada, and I have one for my Glock 17 mounting a vortex viper right now. Not sure if it's approved for IPSC, so Trevor will have to actually let us know that when he gets back on. I hope so because I hope to try out a new division this year with my mount. The price is very reasonable. Uh, I think I bought mine for $50 US dollars. Um, please check it out if you guys get a chance. The website is um, outerimpacts.com. By the way, love the show and cheers. Thanks! Alright, why don't you read this one from Cody because I'm not reading that one from Cody. <laughs> All right, let's take Cody's here. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not seeing you on the video feed either. I don't. Which is weird. Very odd. Very okay. odd. So, I'm present your screen. Let's see if that does anything. But uh, I'm not sure. Nope. Nope. I can nothing. see me. Hi. <laughs> Hi, me. Uh, and Adriel, oh. at first, you could see me, right? I could see you just fine right now. So the people that people on YouTube, you can't see me. You see. Yeah. You see Adriel's beautiful bald head. Right? Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Let's keep going. Okay. Uh, this next one's from Cody. Hi, guys. Uh, this is a follow-up to a phone call I had with Trevor about the stripped receivers for the BCL-102. Uh-huh. I did a bit of digging. Uh, needed a fairly heavy-duty shovel. Uh, I had a good discussion with the guys at FSFRC, and they helped me out a lot. Right. So the first difference I could find in between an AR-10 and what it currently is, a modified 102B, is that it uses a mix of parts from the Armlight system and the DPMS system. Trevor is correct that there's no mil spec or even standard spec for AR-10s. DPMS has a high pressure version and a low pressure, which is different from the Armlight, which is different from the Rock River Arms AR-10. Count four specs, all very different and non-interchangeable. The BCL-102 uses a DPMS patterned barrel, which version or if there's a difference, I couldn't find. As for the VCG, it's hard to say if it's a DPMS VCG. There are reports of them working in the wild, but information is limited and unreliable. But by most people I've talked to, you'd want to use the BCL bolt carrier group, which the stripped receiver set doesn't come with. Uh, so what's that's where it diverges a bit because it's confirmed to use the uh, Armalite patterned barrel nut. So make sure you buy the right handguard for it. The Armalite AR-10 barrel nut threads are 1 in 7 16th and 18 TPI-3A. The DPMS patterned barrel nut threads are 1 in 7 16th inch and 16 TPI-2A. Uh, it seems to take most standard AR-15 lower parts, except for its proprietary Ambi mag release. It also strangely uses an AR-15 trigger, not the heavier AR-10 style, probably to have more compatibility. 
but I'm wondering if you could put a lightweight skeletonized trigger in it if you might not have fails to fire in cold or adverse conditions. <laughs> I couldn't find much information on what buffer assembly is required for it. I am by no means an expert on the AR-10 platform, but to me, I think I'm going to be waiting for the 6.5 CMs, Creedmoor, full rifle when it comes out later this year. Yeah, yeah, complain about the Creedmoor all you want, but you can't deny that it's a great deer round. Uh, also, I love the guest, Dennis, that came on last week's episode. I think I could hear liberals' heads popping from miles away at a gay pro-gun Vancouverite, and it made me happy. Sounds like a cool guy to know for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I love, I love the, the libertarian, straight libertarian uh, viewpoint of, uh, of firearms ownership because it's not a conservative or liberal thing. It's uh, why can't we just all have this stuff yep. and, uh, and have the power to uh, protect ourselves, right? Right. Yeah. So, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, maybe we can actually have the guys on from uh, uh, BCL at some point. I think we're going to try and do that, aren't we? Uh, we should. I would love to have them on. If you know them, yeah, let's reach out to them and get them on. Yeah, I have. <laughs> so we're going to try and have them on. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. So, Cody, yes, if you are listening, and I know you do, uh, yeah, we'll let you know when they're coming on. Okay. Yeah, and thank you for all that information on the uh, BCL yeah, 102 because that's very helpful. And I agree with you. 6.5 Creedmoor, fantastic deer round and better at long distance than the 308. Right. If you're going to shoot it with like a thousand yards, the 6.5 Creedmoor is going to make more hits. Anyways, did you want to take this one from Dan? Okay, it's Dan. So, Dan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, guys. Hope you haven't missed me too much. It's Friday, so of course my halfway done listening. I'm halfway done listening to last night's episode, but I'm looking forward to hearing the main topic on doing gun stuff for movies. It's a bit of a retirement plan dream. Uh, I couldn't help but notice that episode 243 has come and gone, uh, but there was no caliber-specific comments, so we could only hope that episode uh, 22250 uh, gets things back on target. Yeah, I went there. I've been uh, hearing whispers about getting a Maple Seed event at this way, possibly even my local range, so fingers crossed I'm looking forward to that. As always, keep up the good work. Glad to see we've got some lefty representation going on. Cheers to everyone, Dan. And I'm not allowed to read stuff because it's in italics. All right. Um, <laughs> it was a test, I think. I know. <laughs> he wrote in italics, but it wasn't in italics. And then he wrote in italics. So if it's the word in italics, do you still read it? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, we are coming out your way. And uh, yes, uh, we did miss you. And thanks for uh, writing in. And if you have a dream plan, I'm sure that Dustin would love to hear from you about uh, going and doing some and being an armorer. Sweet. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, if you'd like to email the show, send your emails to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. Uh, we don't have any iTunes reviews this week, nope. uh, but please head on over to iTunes or Podbean or Google Play or whatever podcast thingy you use and uh, give us a, a shout out or a rating on those platforms. Helps uh, helps people find the podcast. Um, you know, you'd be surprised. There's there's so many great podcasts out there. And uh, a lot of them just are, are kind of hard to find. It's uh, yeah. that you're typically subscribing to them. You're not listening to them on the website. Like we have a website, slamfireradio.com, but 
you don't really need to go there once you're subscribed to the uh, uh, subscribe to the podcast. Yep. Um, so you definitely uh, definitely give us a like out there and uh, a five star rating. Mm-hmm. And thank you to everyone else out there who already has. Uh, shoutouts. Did you uh, have any shoutouts? I do. I have one. It's to Tracy and Colin. I just wanted to say congratulations, you guys. You're probably not actually listening to this right now, but in the future you will be listening to this. So I thought I'd say congratulations. That's awesome. Incredible. They got engaged. So, yay! Awesome. Um, one thing I wanted to mention that I, I just glossed over here, um, Trevor was actually on the Tactical Pay oh, podcast right. just recently here. Yeah. Um, so definitely head on over to Tactical Pays podcast yeah. and give it a listen. I think he was on their seventh episode. Um, he's listed it on. He's listed on our, um, uh, you know, on Facebook as well. He has a link there. So if you want to, ah, here we go. Wanna, yeah, it's there. So go and listen to him. Awesome. Uh, any other shoutouts? Nope, that's it for me. Awesome. Uh, I've got uh, a couple of shoutouts. One to you for keeping great edit notes. <laughs> so it was super easy to edit. You're uh, last week's show uh and to trevor and brian for leaving like really long air gaps in there uh when i was editing it afterwards that were they were like super easy to find because i was looking in the audio uh wave files and i was like oh right there that must be a break right there so it was very easy to edit it afterwards um i got a big shout out to trevor i i i don't you know it's it's kind of hard to show on a on a webcam but i took this thing right apart i took all the parts out of it and he put a crazy amount of polish in some of these parts in this thing the uh, trigger, the sear, um, the slide itself. He really outdid himself uh, polishing some of the uh, some of the parts in here. So, uh, Trevor, I owe you, man. This is uh, some fantastic work on this thing. It's good to have people who are OCD as friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not really the details guy, but uh, <laughs> Trevor is, <laughs> and I appreciate it. <laughs> Um, and, uh, and a shout out to, uh, to Stacy for this, uh, this fantastic sling. This is, uh, this is really cool. I need to, so what I need to do now is, uh, is sell my five, nine, seven, sell my Savage 64 and buy a Ruger 1022, because I think, uh, yeah, I think that's do. the platform I need to have for, uh, for something like this and for, uh, for shooting maple seed. Uh, I'll try to, yeah, I'll try to have that when you guys are out here this summer. Okay. Uh, uh, all of them. That's all I can think of for now. Okay. Patreon. Yep. Um, we have 78 Patreon supporters. Uh, we just put out a show last week and I need to now email the people who are patrons, but aren't on the Patreon system. Um, we just ordered, uh, some t-shirts. So the t-shirts are going to be like a cotton polyester blend. If you go only cotton, it's, uh, they get like sweaty and nasty but and if you gross. get like a polyester blend there like that one of the one of the interesting things about shooting and, and competitive shooting is that uh you're outside in the summer and it's hot <laughs> so almost all of our shirts are uh, are polyester or blends of, of some kind because uh otherwise they get nasty so uh that's what we got so we got some that uh are polyester blend they also have like a collar on them so they're kind of fancy so you don't you could wear them in other places so um, we haven't figured out where the cutoff is on our patrons in terms of like who's going to get sent a shirt, but we'll figure that out soon. Uh, email some people and ask for sizes and uh, start getting those in the mail when they get in. This is probably like two months away from now. Okay. Uh, we might see. even, we're thinking about doing some contests. We're 
Yeah. Yeah. So all kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to uh, uh, support us on Patreon, head on to, head on over to patreon.com slash slamfire radio or mm-hmm. go to slamfire radio.com. And we've got a link on there somewhere. It's in orange. It's easy to see. Yep. Uh, let's see here. Please join one or more of our national firearms associations, such as the CCFR or the CCSA. It's important to uh, support those organizations out there. Uh, get out shooting some Ipsic, uh, shoot a maple seed challenge, go shoot some three gun. It's going to be a whole pile of three gun out West here uh, yeah, starting that. like pretty much in March. Uh, so if you're in the West of Canada, you've got, you know, it's the three gun Mecca out here. Um, if not, uh, take a look around and, and see if you can find an Ipsic match locally. There's uh, there's a pile of Ipsic in Canada and uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of clubs run even like weekly uh, little mini matches. And they're a fantastic way of, getting better at pistol shooting and getting to be part of the uh, shooting community. Uh, check us out on gun owners of Canada. We've got a, a th- forum forum over there, a little sub forum thread. over there where you can thread on the forum thread on a forum where we kind of have a yeah. forum. I don't know. Anyway, check if, us out on there. <laughs> if you talk to us, we will talk back. Yes. Yep. I'm logging in there at least once a week, if not Me twice too. a week. So yep. I'm, I'm on there. I know you're on there. Um, yeah. I've been, post in the episodes but if you yep. do actually as i said if you talk to us we will talk to you yeah we're friendly and like us on facebook we've got uh 1850 likes over there I was and uh yeah, yeah yeah it's a decent amount of people and it's a uh, kind of fun we every once in a while we post uh some fun stuff and uh mess with people so it's kind of interesting <laughs> to uh to do over there <laughs> mess with people yeah we yeah. do yeah yeah <sighs> no this was uh this was quick and painless. Uh, Trevor's not on. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the quick or the painless or both? Both. <laughs> He's not on. We get the wrong one of the bus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, thanks for watching, everyone. Listening, watching, both. Both. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.